This is episode 157. We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Siope. I am one of the hosts here at the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. And today you're getting me. I'm glad to be here with you today, wherever you may be joining us. Thank you for being here. Today we are covering the difficulty that some children are having returning back to school. Now this isn't only for children. There are some adults who are struggling with going back into the workforce. And when we think about it, it does make sense. We have spent so much time in our homes during the past 19 months that starting something new, going back to what we did before, feels different. It feels awkward. Now, before you decide that this is a topic that doesn't apply to your family, I want to tell you that this is a very normal response when children are changing an environment, going to a different school, moving to a new neighborhood, whatever it may be, that they will feel this sense of unsurety and this sense of anxiety about what is happening. We are currently seeing a rise in adults who feel the same way since the pandemic has started to lift. People are reticent in returning back to the way things were pre-pandemic. Not only are parents feeling this way, children are feeling this way. There are many parents who call in with issues about getting their children to go back to school. During this podcast, I wanted to focus on three specific things. First, understanding what is at the core of their defiant behavior. Second, how to approach this subject delicately. And third, what skill you should use as a parent to deal with this issue. To better help you understand this whole process, I'm going to share the story of parents and their son Taylor who struggled to go to school. So Travis and Jennifer have a son, his name is Taylor, and two younger children who are in the home. When school opened up, Taylor refused to go back to school. He would sleep in, he would argue. When his parents went to wake him up, he would try and negotiate more time asleep. They knew he was getting plenty of rest, and they were just frustrated with the overall morning routine. Now, Travis had already gone to work, so Jennifer was in charge of being sure the kids were awake, they had breakfast, they had their bags, and they were off to school. Now, she did not have an issue with the two younger children. However, she did have an issue with Taylor. After a while, she started to notice that the younger children began to copy his behavior, which became very frustrating for her. So they called me up for coaching and what we could do in order to help him go to school. When they called in, they wanted an immediate what do we need to do in order to get him to go to school? They really wanted a quick fix. This is when I discussed with them the importance of trying to understand what is happening. They needed to spend a lot of time exploring and examining why this is happening. What is happening to cause this? But we did a history. We talked about his behavior before the pandemic. He enjoyed school. He loved it. He loved spending time with friends. He would talk to teachers. Very, very social. Then the pandemic hit and he was at home the majority of the time with limited access to friends. 
And now he was going back to school and there was some hesitation there. So knowing this back history and trying to understand what is happening or what has happened to cause this is essential for any parent to do when they're trying to solve a problem. I want you to think of it as going to the hospital and having the doctor give you aspirin and that's it. That usually doesn't work. They want to run some blood tests. They want to check out and see what's happening. They're doing a lot of investigative work up front so they know exactly what they are dealing with. So with Travis and Jennifer, I said, we need to ask more questions. We need to figure out what is happening. Is this social anxiety? Is he feeling depressed? What is really going on in his mind? And this all starts with conversations. Spending some time with him discussing what is keeping you from going to school. The framing of the question is not what's your problem, why are you like this, but actually focused on issues around the behavior and not about the child. What is keeping you from school? That actually says, hey, the problem exists outside of you, Taylor. You're not the problem. Something is happening, and I want to understand. We spent a lot of time talking about and trying to understand what is happening. Once they determined that he just was unsure exactly how he would be received, he was out of practice with his social skills, once we understood those things, we could focus our approach into what specifically he needed. Now, this is what brings me to the second point, which is approaching this topic delicately. How can we approach this delicately and work with them so they can overcome some of these feelings of inadequacy or concern that they may feel? Approaching it delicately means you are going to be very conscious and aware of where they're at and work with them on their level. Meaning, if they're saying, I am struggling with communication with someone, you won't minimize that and say, well, just start talking to them. Or you won't minimize them struggling with another peer and say, well, just start being nice. Ask them questions. What you want to do is ask them, this is the issue that you're struggling with right now. So in what ways can we address this issue in the best way possible where you're comfortable and you don't feel so overwhelmed by it? Very delicate and deliberate approach. And then you'll want to role play this. So you're going to practice it. Now, with Travis and Jennifer, we practiced quite a bit with Taylor on how he was going to communicate with certain people, what he would say to teachers. And this even got to the point where we had to write down a script that he would follow in order to help him stay on task. He had a script for how he would speak with his teacher. He had a script for how he would interact with friends. And this was just to get him started in this process of communication with them. Now, the third thing that we focused on was the skill of decision-making and sodas. And the reason that we focused on this is because Travis was already making a lot of decisions and he felt confident in his ability to make decisions and choose the right things. I chose that skill based off of his strengths. We could have focused on effective communication. We could have focused on observe and describe. There are a lot of different skills in Smarter Parenting that we could have focused. Because I understand where he's coming from and I understand his overall approach to problems, 
because I'm approaching it delicately, using his own strengths to help him overcome, decision-making was the right skill to use. So in decision-making, if you're unfamiliar with the skill, I'm going to walk through it so you can understand how it works. It's called decision-making, but it's also called SODAS. Each of the letters stands for something. So SODAS is an acronym. The first S stands for situation. The O stands for options. The D stands for disadvantages. The A stands for advantages. And the last S stands for solution. In working through a problem like how do I communicate or get along with my peers, the situation is you're going to school and you're unsure exactly what you need to do or how to interact with anyone at school. So your options, you can start a conversation, you can wait for somebody to start conversing with you, or you can avoid everybody. It's important to have three different options, not just two. Now the third one may be difficult for children to come up with, but it can be anything really. What we need are comparisons. By having one, two, and three options, that gives a child greater capacity to make a different choice. After you come up with the options, you will move down to disadvantages. You will write down as many disadvantages as possible for that first option, then for the second option, and for the third option. So a tailor, he decided, hey, I can go start a conversation, I can wait for somebody to approach me. He wrote the disadvantages to each of those. After he finished that, he moved down to advantages, and he wrote down all the advantages to starting a conversation, the advantages to having someone else come to him and start a conversation, and the advantage to not communicate at all with people. He was able to list disadvantages and advantages, and what this does is it allows a child to expand their understanding of, hey, I have more than just one choice, because children tend to think very linear. This is all I can do. So by providing these opportunities for him to make decisions, it made it a lot easier. Now the very last S is for solutions. He came up with a solution that he would do a hybrid between the two, where he would wait for somebody to approach him, or he would go out and communicate with them. Depending on how much time lapsed, he decided this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm not going to do. This is how we approach this issue with Travis and Jennifer. In order to help Taylor start to acclimate though to the school environment, one of the most effective ways to do that is to have him participate in parts of school. That means that they may go back for one class or they may go back for two classes. And then you generally build more and more classes until they're in school full time. This approach is highly recommended by professionals who have children who struggle with school. We went from arguing every morning between Jennifer and Taylor to really feeling understood, building strong relationships, approaching the issue delicately, and then using a skill like SODAS to help him make better decisions about how to approach this problem and it worked for him. This was something that was a lot easier for him to work through. There are some things that as parents you should consider. If a child is hesitant about returning to school or they're struggling, there may be issues of social anxiety that are happening. Your child may be struggling with depression or a combination of depression and anxiety. Your child may be experiencing bullying at school. 
So that's why the very first thing you should do is seek understanding. You want to really understand what is happening with your child at school and in what ways you can help. And you want to be very delicate about your approach. Being delicate about the approach makes it less about the issue of going to school and more about, hey, I'm here to help you. Let me help you. Let me show you new ways to deal with this. Let's work together and reach a solution. I need to tell you how children feel empowered by their parents when they know their parents are there to help them work through an issue. So instead of becoming an additional obstacle that they need to overcome, you're actually an ally helping them work through and navigate the problems that they face in their everyday lives. So a lot of things to consider. First, seek to understand what's happening. Second, you want to approach the topic based off of what you understand in a delicate manner, being very aware that the issue is not your child. The issue stands in the way of your child being successful. And then the third thing is choosing a skill. In this case, we chose the skill of sodas based off of Taylor's strengths. He just naturally had a strength to make better choices, so we use that. If you need help with your child, feel free to sign up for coaching. You can coach with me or with Kimber. We're both here. We are here to help you. That's it for me this week. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you again later. Later.